0: Festival.
1: Festival. festival, Festivals, Celtic
0: festival. We can't wait for the festival.
1: The National Celtic Festival podcast, podcast for the festival. Great lineup of bands,
2: great interviews, people coming together, funny moments, a
3: culture evolving,
2: good music. This is the National Celtic Festival podcast.
4: Welcome to the National Celtic Festival podcast. This is a four-part series recorded in Port Arlington in Victoria, Australia in June 2017. This is episode two and I'm your co-host, Michelle Herbison.
2: And I'm Misha Herman. If you're joining us for the first time, we highly recommend you check out our other episodes.
4: This podcast is all about showcasing some of the international and local acts who were at the festival in 2017.
2: The festival has a partnership with an organisation from Scotland called Face Ross. This year, they brought out two special guests who we went along to meet.
0: Hello my name is Adam Sutherland I'm from Loch Ness side in the Scottish Highlands I'm a fiddle player I'm very very excited to be here in beautiful Australia and can't wait for the festival my name is Mark Clement, we're from Scotland, uh, I'm a guitar player, piano player, singer.
2: A big part of the reason Adam and Mark were in Australia at the time was for teaching, but they're also fantastic performers in their own right. Adam is a prolific and well-renowned tune writer and Mark is a skilled arranger, guitarist and singer. We caught up with them in Melbourne the weekend before the festival where they were teaching a group of musicians some Scottish tunes and we asked Mark what originally attracted him to Scottish music. All the
5: money and the glamour. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I actually... Um, was, uh, traditional music was always around, it was always in the house. Our house was the type of place where local musicians came and partied and things like that. So all, I was always aware of it, but um, it was only when I left school I um, wasn't really quite sure what I was going to do and I ended up busking one day and I ended up busking with a, a friend of mine from school somebody I knew from school, a chap called Bruce McGregor quite a well-known fiddle player so we started busking together and I found that sort of the, the elements that I had from jazz and things like Big band Jazz and stuff like that really fitted really, really well into traditional music so that's kind of how I got into it and then it just kind of developed from
0: there so it wasn't really a big didn't feel like a big step at the time
4: What about yourself Adam?
0: Well I started playing uh, getting taught by an old boy called Donald Riddle who used to live on the other side of Loch Ness and he had a a huge number of pupils I sadly only got three years out of him before he passed away because he was like 82 and I was seven and uh, after that I went to a guy who was doing summer schools in the Isle of Skye And his name's Alistair Fraser, and he was starting out uh, at at the time, fledgling fiddle course in Sky. It's just had its 30th anniversary now, and it's a huge deal. So, yeah, that's how I kind of. Alistair was a huge influence for me and loads of our folk, and gave us this real belief that our old traditions were beautiful and relevant, and gave us a respect for the old ways, but he also encouraged uh, a real respect for any new ideas that might be coming up within us. So, we had One Foot in the past. And they're kind of stepping in the future, so I feel a lot a lot of gratitude for having had that influence. I certainly wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without him.
2: Adam's a fantastic composer. His tunes are becoming widely known, some going the folk equivalent of viral.
1: I knew a few of his tunes and didn't realise that he had written them, so that was cool. That um, Road to Ergie? How do you yeah, say it? that one. In a Scottish and, accent. And Trip to Market.
0: Yeah, cool. And some other I tune I know that one, but but no, I can't no. remember
1: the name of. I was
0: like, oh!
6: I've heard
2: that. I'll play that. Yeah. That was Rachel, a cellist and fiddle player who had just listened to one of Adam and Mark's gigs at the festival. We spoke to Adam about his compositional style. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. That's hard to describe your own. It's really hard to describe your own uh, your own writing,
0: but I just love melody. I love a, a tune that is addictive. tune is like a virus. You don't have a you don't decide to get the cold. You just realize one day you have the cold and it's there. And a good tune, you don't decide to learn a good tune. You just wake up in the night and it's there. And you didn't decide for it to be there and it's addictive and that's with you for life. So I love beautiful melody, addictive melody. And I don't know if I managed to or not but that's what I love to try and do.
2: Mark has a beautiful way of accompanying on the guitar and he's playing draws on a number of different musical traditions.
5: There's a style in Scotland that was um, pretty much kind of not invented but brought to traditional music by a guy called Willie Johnson from Shetland. Shetland has been a a tremendous place uh, because it has a lot of through-shipping. So they get all this music from America, music from Scandinavia. So if you go to Shetland, you'll be amazed at all the different styles of music. But that kind of style comes from, as I said, that 1920s, 30s jazz. The kind of Django Reinhardt. And that brings a walking bass line. And that's also partly born out of necessity from playing for dances and things like that, because you quite often, you don't have a drummer or a bass player. Yeah. So you have to be that guy. So it's not, yeah, it's great because there's a whole world of music out there and that's the great thing that about traditional music it excited me about it is that you can actually make it anything you like because it is a, it's a tradition of what I call top-line melody. There's no, there's no harmony, there's no rhythm, there's no chordal thing really noted down so it's completely open. So you can make it anything you want. It's a B-flat 7-up 9, which is... Uh,
2: So we met up with these guys at North Fitzroy Primary School the weekend before the festival, where they had teamed up with Face Ross. Face Ross. Face Ross. Face Ross. Face Ross. Face Ross
3: Ross means face means festival, and Ross is Rossshire, which is the area that Face Ross, as an organisation, is based. That's Katrina. My name's Katrina Ramsey and I am the Community Classes Coordinator for Face Ross.
2: We met her at the teaching weekend with Adam and Mark. She was out accompanying three young Scottish musicians who were playing at the festival and who were also taking part in the weekend's workshop.
0: Face Ross is a teaching organisation based in the Highlands. I think it's nearly 30 years it's been going now. And it's basically to...
5: Primarily to promote music in Gaelic culture. Gaelic being the language that was sort of dying out, indigenous language that was dying out in Scotland. It's probably that there's a number of faishers around Scotland.
3: There are other faishers throughout Scotland too. Fish Ross is not the only fashion. There's other faish movements in different areas.
5: We normally have group work classes, but the facian would include all individual classes, you know, through from guitar, piano, fiddle, whistle, pipes... Etc. Etc. Singing, at some point storytelling. I think as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a brilliant thing. It's, it keeps it keeps things going. It's actually made traditional music popular popular again with teenagers.
3: How would I describe it? Yeah. Ross? I suppose just inclusive and enjoyable, and um, promotes traditional music throughout Scotland and worldwide as well, with international links like the festival here in Australia.
1: I think this is the third time. It didn't happen last year because they had a, the Fesh Ross had their own 30-year celebration, uh, so they didn't come to the festival, but the two years time, years before, yeah.
2: That's Kathy Blake, a fiddle player who has helped organise the weekend workshop with Fesh Ross and the festival.
1: Yeah, we had um, it was James Ross, and he was the composer. And there was a, a group that came over. And then the year after that, there was um, John Somerville, Somerville and he did his um, the Voyage of the Hector. And then um, the year after that, there was the Duplets, two harpists came and composers. And um, and this year we've got uh, Adam Sullivan and Mark Clement. And they yeah, Adam is both. They're both fantastic musicians and composers. So. We're very lucky, along with the um, three of the younger Face Ross participants, I suppose. So they're part of the organisation who would have grown up playing with Fizz Ross in Scotland. Yeah.
7: I got invited to take part by uh, Fiona, who's the head of Fizz Ross. Uh, she's telling me that uh, she was wanting to put this touring band together for uh, like higher-profile uh, events that Face Ross were taking part in uh, around the world. So that's Robbie. So I'm uh, Robbie Mackenzie from uh,
2: Inverness in Scotland and uh, I play the fiddle. One of the three young Faish Ross participants.
8: I'm Ailish Sutherland from Kenny Muir in Scotland and I play the pipes and the flute.
9: I'm Caitlin Ross from um, Fern, which is north of Scotland
3: and I do Gaelic song and guitar. Face Ross is good at providing opportunities such as um, the Cayley Trail.
2: So what is the Cayley Trail? Here's Katrina again. The Cayley
3: Trail, which is... Three groups, three bands. We put together three bands of musicians and they go on tour around Scotland and also um, go to Cambridge Folk Festival and certain other other places. Um, so they get a huge experience from that as well. And it's like almost like a bit of a prof- professional development for them. So for Robbie, Caitlin and Ailish, who we are just speaking to, uh, they've all gone through the Cayley Trail programme in summer. I did the Face Rush Cayley Trail in Scotland in the summer there.
2: That's Eilish.
8: And then from there I got involved with uh, this kind of touring band because they were looking for another uh, member and Caitlin uh, suggested that I ask, so I did. And then um, we all got put on this sort of tour thing where we went to Cornwall and Romania a couple of times and then we have ended up in Australia, so that's pretty cool.
9: (laughs) I also play in another band with Ailish. That's Caitlin. So I thought it would be perfect to play with her again and this project's just so great to explore different places and we've been so lucky to go to so many amazing countries and just experience different festivals and meet lovely people so you can't really beat it. Um, and, yeah, in Romania, we we were working with um, blind and deaf school, so that that was so interesting and really rewarding, um, playing to the children, and they were so lovely and appreciative, so it's been
3: all great experiences, yeah.
2: Feish Ross seems to be quite a diverse organisation in the activities it does and the places it sends people. Here's Katrina again.
3: I would say it's very much a community spirit and... I organise the community classes for Face Ross and it covers a huge area and you see people enjoying music from a very diverse backgrounds as well and how much music brings people together and it's not just about the showcasing of it and performing of it but also how much music can reach people um, from all backgrounds and from autistic children learning music and maybe also we've got a Syrian refugee project for people who have relocated to an area near to us so all of music and traditional music breaks down barriers I think for a lot of problems as well that people are going through.
2: Sounds like there are some great opportunities to study Celtic music at a tertiary level in Scotland as well.
3: So myself and
9: Ailish are both studying in the Western Isles of Scotland and we're doing a BA Applied Music degree. Um, and it's such a great course it's really flexible, it's actually an online course so you can do it from anywhere around Scotland Um, but we decided to be based in Uist where there's a lot of Gaelic and music there
4: And
7: you're studying somewhere else? Yeah, I'm studying in Glasgow at the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland I just finished uh, that's me done now, I just finished fourth year Uh, just the other week there I had my final recital Um, so uh, yeah it's a great course in Glasgow and uh, it's given me the opportunity to meet uh, loads of fantastic young musicians uh,
2: What did it? you play your recital? Oh, uh,
7: Tune-wise? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Actually, the theme of my recital was kind of like what music's inspired me since a young age so it was really uh, sort of diverse styles all through so uh, it was obviously Scottish music there was Irish uh, French-Canadian um, some stuff that I wrote myself and uh, some Scottish dance band music as well.
4: So, in terms of um, growing up with traditional music, um, I'll ask you, Eilish, <laughs> uh, what was it like kind of growing up in your household or in your town? Um, did you have a lot of traditional music around?
8: Uh, yeah, well, my, my dad's a piper and he taught me to play. Uh, So there was always like two fours and peeve rough going on in the house Um, and then um, started playing the small pipes which then led on to playing on like the Cayley Trail and then I've since then been playing with uh, Caitlin and my friend Ilona and we've made a wee band called
4: Hecla. And um, did we read somewhere that you were a um, piping world champion?
8: Uh, I suppose, yes. Yes, you might have read that. Yeah, that was in uh, 2015. Uh, Finally won a major championship, which happened to be the world. So, yeah, I was really tough with
4: that.
10: Congratulations. Thank you.
8: Yeah, that's amazing.
4: (laughs) So, um, in terms of the songs that you sing, are they, um, you sing in Gaelic a lot of the time?
9: Yeah, I do. So Caitlin again? I wasn't really brought up. Um, there wasn't much traditional music played at home, but I did Gaelic through school. So I was immediately involved in things such as the mod, which is a kind of Gaelic music competition. And I was learning the language from a young age and singing. So, yeah, I suppose I sing a lot of traditional um Gaelic songs, so walking songs and Pershde which has mouth music so I try to explore all the different styles as well and um currently I'm being taught by Kenna Campbell who's a great tradition bearer, and um, she's very well known in Scotland for um her Gallic songs and yeah she's she's been great for me so we do we do quite a lot of songs and heckling stuff so it's been great. Gally,
10: Gally,
2: It's great to speak to these three and hear that Scottish music and culture is alive and well in Scotland, as it hasn't always been this way. Here's Adam and Mark again.
5: We're over forty, shall we say? And when I went to school, if you if you were seen with a fiddle, there was a good chance you were going to get beaten up at the gate at four o'clock. But now there's kids going to school, fiddles and accordions and all the rest of it, and they're the cool kids now. So it's that's that's a perfect outcome, really.
0: Well, yeah, I would just uh, agree with what Mark said there. And um, when I was in high school, um, not quite as long ago as Mark. Sorry, um, it was uncool we went to the same school actually I uh, it, it was uncool really uncool it was my mate and me played fiddle and whistle and we were slagged off everyone else was like Why, what the hell are you doing playing that music uh, We're they were all into Pearl Jam which admittedly is cool um, and stuff like that but it was really 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 uncool and now all over Scotland there's organisations like this doing as Mark said this, this basic template of teaching very much teaching young folk and it's now It's cool, and I think Scotland's had a a sense of shame of its own culture for quite a while. It's quite deep-rooted of, you know, hatred of one's cultural self. But it's been really amazing to watch that being eroded and replaced with this satisfaction.
2: And this weekend, they were bringing old and new Scottish tunes to keen young Australian musicians interested in Scottish music.
0: We're doing a mishmash... We've got two sets of tunes looking like uh, one is a jig written by a flautist from England, actually, uh, called Sarah Allen, who plays in a fantastic band called Fluke. Then the tune after that's from Orkney, written by uh, Jennifer Wrigley. And, and then the third tune in that set is written by a guy called Fraser Shaw, so that's a modern one. Then the set we're doing today is a tune of mine, segueing into a tune from the 15th century uh, in Scotland. Uh, That just gives you an idea of how old the tradition is. So, yeah, a mishmash of old and new, and that's typical generally of traditional music these days. Folk will be playing new tunes. There's lots of new stuff, but then the next tune will be 400 years old. So it's nice, nice that way.
1: Yesterday they learnt uh, three tunes. That's Cathy Blake. And um, there was also... It came with they came along with the tunes but they're working out harmonies, they're working out chord or stuff with the cellos and the guitars and, and also the flutes. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of lot of note crunching going on. <laughs> <laughs> are they going to perform at the festival because was. Yes. so they perform at the festival some of the some of the some of the younger the Australian musicians know each other some some of them don't have never, they've all done some kind of learnt, note rote learning or you know before so we've um, probably got ages ranging from from oh, 12 to 21 or so yeah
2: we had a chat to some of the workshop participants about how they enjoyed the weekend of tuition and gigs at the festival
1: I'm Rose and I'm
10: from
9: Port Arlington uh, I'm Marion and I live in Glen Iris. Um Yeah, it's really great. It's heaps of fun um, and it's really nice to meet uh, like-minded people and people with similar interests to you and it's just great. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. You've learned a lot about um, everyone else and, like, what they're into and especially from Adam, he's very, very good at what he does. So I'm learning a lot from him as well.
2: And here's Mabel and Ivy from the band Charmer Finches.
9: Oh, I loved it. I, I think that... Um... It's it's really nice getting together with a whole bunch of people that all love Irish music too, you know. Like, I think in Australia there's a lot of, you know, like the mainstream culture is quite prominent, I guess, and a lot of people listen to quite mainstream music and don't listen to much traditional music. And it's, I find it really refreshing to come to a place where <laughs> everyone loves Celtic music. Um, yeah, and just, you know, just jamming out with them and... Learning like a whole bunch of new tunes in just one weekend is like um, feels really good (laughs) because like it's satisfying.
10: Yeah, it's it's really really satisfying. Yeah.
4: Sounds of the Face Ross group rehearsing the week before the festival at Fitzroy North Primary School.
2: Now for something a bit different, the festival is about way more than just music.
4: Yes, all around the outdoor areas between the stages there's a Celtic market. It's got stallholders showcasing everything from historical information to art and craft and of course heaps of yummy traditional foods. I took a walk around the market to get a taste of what was on offer. I started out at a food stall with a big sign out the front, half written in Welsh.
9: So we've got Cacerae Cree, which are Welsh cakes. We've got Cofig, Gida Halen Morn, so that's the um, fudge with Anglesey sea salt. Cofig, Gida whiskey pandarin, so that's fudge with pandarin whiskey. We've got Taffy Triog, which is treacle. Cowl Ceni Nathatos, leek and potato soup. And burger, lamb, kikoin, amintis, minted lamb burger. And see all the drinks and butter. I'm Kerry. Um, our company name is Loaded Melbourne. So <laughs> we're from Wales originally. So we wanted to do Welsh things.
4: So traditional recipes? Traditional recipes, my grandmother's recipe. Yeah. It looks like these are Celtic.
5: Celtic symbols and signs. um, A lot of them are ancient in their own way, but quite a few are designed by my wife. She's designed them herself. And uh, different meanings for certain things that come from the old histories.
4: Because there are not, and there's no beginning and no end, it's usually that everything's interconnected and, you know, um, life, death, um, all things in nature, basically. So what was your name? Janice. Janus, who, who are you representing? Celtic angels.
2: Uh, I'm Simon
7: and this is Fodder. We're just doing a uh, an Irish stew. Yep. Uh, potato meltings, which is like uh, wedges with a cheesy melty sort of sauce and chopped up bacon. Yep. And the marmalade and whiskey toffee put, which is... Uh, Always a nice way to finish. So, are these traditional recipes? Oh, yeah, kinda as traditional as my mum used to make them.
0: Okay. Um, but you know, she used to add a little bit.
9: My art name is Aria. I've been doing Celtic art ooh, for about 20 years, and I'm just—I've always just been drawn to the the colour and the symbolism. I'm inspired by yeah, the medieval. Forms and patterns and knot work that they were doing, um, yeah, uh, a thousand years ago. So that's what inspires my artwork.
4: So I see a few kind of dragons and flower, Uh, floral kind of things. I have tried to incorporate dragons this year. What's cool about dragons? Well, I I think they're just misunderstood creatures
9: because way back when, they actually were seen as protectors and guardians. They got a bad rap um, in more recent times and, you know, associated with fearsome creatures, but I don't see them that way. I think that they're really interesting, mystical, protective elements, yeah.
6: Uh, my name's Noel Lindsay. Um, we are part of the New Varengan Guard. We're actually the Dublin branch of the new Virangine Guard and we're here displaying our um, craft and also our fight gear. I actually put armour on people and the ladies over here, they're doing the tablet weave and other knitting crafts and over here the the ladies doing the the pouches. Um, Basically our our whole aim is to pass on um, the older crafts to a new generation
4: great and maybe could you just explain just because it's audio, if, what's actually here, what have we got here on the table? Um,
6: what I have here is um, a full set of mail on the on the table for people to touch, I've got full mail and a helmet up on a stand, I've got shields galore, for little ones and big ones for the kids to, to, to interact with and I have helmets that we can put on the kids um, and also a couple of axes for they, they can pose with. My name's Greg McKinnon,
4: and uh, I make and play cigar box guitars. Okay, so tell us what is a cigar box guitar?
7: They're traditionally made out of a uh, cigar box. Okay, so these instruments were really born out of the 20s and 30s in America during the Depression. Um, cigar boxes were readily available. So it's all about three strings, fretless guitars, and um, all about playing slide. <laughs>
2: McKinnon there finishing off that piece.
4: Hey, thanks so much for listening to episode two. We've got another two episodes for you, full of inspiring interviews, music, and chats around the festival.
2: Next up on episode three, we talked to Paul McKenna, the Scottish singer-songwriter, who blends traditional and modern stories in the songs he sings.
4: We'll also feature three of the local bands who were playing: Charmer Finches, Duck Duck Goose, and Anatole Road.
2: Thanks again for listening and supporting the podcast. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends. We're in iTunes, Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts.
4: And you can visit nationalcelticfestival.com to find out more about the festival, which happens in Port Arlington, Victoria, over the Queen's birthday long weekend in June every year.
2: We'll leave you with the sounds of Face Ross. This is a recording of Ailish, Robbie and Caitlin playing at the wine bar on the Monday of the festival. Catch you next time.
4: Was produced by Michelle Herbison and Misha Herman with the support of the National Celtic Festival. Audio mix by Misha Herman. Music used in this episode was recorded at the festival with the permission of the artists.
2: With special thanks to Una McAlinden, the National Celtic Festival, Daniel Hunt, Lucy Wise, all our interviewees, and of course you for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. <laughs>